You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Oh, welcome back to... What are we calling the podcast these days? We've switched names so many times. The Athletic Mind. <laughs> I knew this was going to be good. Oh, God. Good to, good to be back. It's 7 a.m. here. How are things for you, Taylor? 3 p.m. here. I uh, can't really complain. Always happy to be recording and uh, sharing some valuable information for our listeners. But outside of uh, being being in the quote studio uh today uh just started a new job last week so i'm pretty stoked about how everything's going with that and uh yeah it's uh interesting times in the retired life to be yeah. completely honest it's a different game and i'm just still trying to get used to it <laughs> <laughs> different game off the ice or are we experiencing on the ice changes as well well, not for me on the ice, but off the ice, it's like different, different way of like scheduling life, I guess, you know, like working yeah. three, three gigs now, plus doing this like on the side is a lot to to add to anybody's plate for sure. As I'm sure you also understand working with uh, coaching and mental coaching. So yeah. it's always a. Uh, always interesting always learning something new so I, I really can't complain yeah I was just asking about the on ice because I'm about to start like my first official beer league like next week so that'll be wow. interesting yeah kudos to you I mean I would play beer league but only as a player if you asked me to oh. strap the pads on no dice wouldn't do it absolutely this is a trend with goalies you guys never ever ever want to play goalie ever again well, no, because one beer league is like for fun times, which means that nobody's back checking, which means that we get shot on. So <laughs> naturally, no, but it's also just so much fun to just yeah. like, yeah, but it's also just like so much fun to go out and skate. And I mean, anybody who's seen a goalie play out always has a good time just watching them because it's so funny to mm -hmm. see most times. Uh, yeah. But yeah. how are you feeling about stepping into the beer league now? I'm just really excited to uh, play hockey and not really care about the outcome of the game. Like, I'm yeah. sure that part of that competitive side of me will come out every now and then. But um, no, honestly, it's just like I was missing the community of, of uh, hockey a little bit as a player. Like, you certainly get it as a coach mm -hmm. um, and you get to be in it. But yeah so that's honestly that's why I'm doing it and it's another way to get a workout in during the week and True. if I like have it scheduled and I can it works with like sometimes I have to miss for our games but um if it's in my schedule and I've paid for it I like I have to go mm -hmm. so yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah I mean I think I've also kind of recognized that just even like being on the ice in a different capacity is still so very rewarding. Like I think it was two or three, two or three weeks ago. Now I 
uh, I joined the um, a women's team here, like just going on the mm-hmm. ice, doing some goalie coaching and like jumping in on some drills wherever they needed some players. So first yeah. of all, trying to coach in English slash German is, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah. Because we had like one goalie who was a bit older, didn't speak a lick of English. So I'm like trying to piece together my shoddy German so she understands what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the, the young girl, she spoke English, but she was so shy that she like barely spoke at all. So, I mean, I had a really great time on the ice probably like yeah. the most fun that I've I've had in a while um so maybe I will jump in on the ice at some point but need to uh get a little bit settled here before we start adding yeah. some extra chores to the list <laughs> the extracurriculars exactly exactly yeah yeah well we have a good conversation planned on goal setting today um I love to talk about goal setting because you know, as elite level athletes, honestly, everybody sets goals in some way, shape or form. Um, If you're looking for the most obvious example, gotta love those new year's resolutions. They come around once a year, they fizzle out once a year. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about goal setting today and kind of get into some of the common mistakes that are made with goal setting and and how you can combat those. And then Taylor and I will discuss kind of how we look at goal setting and how we like to explain it to people um, in terms of giving them a strategy for working with them. So do you want to kick us off there? Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head already when you're saying everybody makes goals especially like New Year's, for example. Um, But it's also no different when you step into a new season. And it's, we're not by any stretch of the imagination saying that like setting goals when something new comes up is a bad thing. Like I think it's necessary, of course, but making sure that those goals don't fall by the wayside is a very important thing, Um, especially when it comes to anything that you have set for yourself in athletics. Um, so often I think many of the people that I've uh, worked with on the ice or even in different sports, like they don't even think about setting goals for, for themselves because you're in a team environment, right? Like, and if they do set themselves some goals, it's usually the uncontrollables of, I want to score X amount of goals. I want to have X amount of assists, or I want to have X amount of playing time. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, worth discussing that there's uh, more sustainable ways for athletes to set goals where they're not going to be setting themselves up for failure to a certain extent yeah we can certainly talk about like the controllables and the uncontrollables within um, the environment that you're in whether that's sport or life um, and then how to kind of formulate your goals based on the things that you can control as opposed to the things that you can't. Um, and then, you know, dive into how focusing on those little controllable aspects within the uncontrollable goal is what will actually likely get you there. Um, that's a good, good little footnote for trust the process, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think, I think the other part of goal setting that, we need to talk about is kind of what you mentioned, like 
we tend to set goals uh, around new beginnings. Like you said, whether that's a new year or a new season, it makes a lot of sense because when we have a new beginning, it feels fresh, it feels exciting. We get a natural boost in motivation that makes us look forward and say like, hey, I feel great right now. Let's set a goal. And then what ends up happening is the excitement and the newness of that new beginning wears off. And then you get into the nitty gritty of it. I like to think of this as like March and April or the middle of a season. And all of a sudden you don't have that motivation and we lose track of those goals because you're just concerned with getting through the mud that you're in. Um, So learning how to Yes, harness that energy and excitement at the beginning of the season to set those goals, but then start to set your like intermediary short-term goals that are going to keep your motivation high because you're going to be experiencing progress even while you're, you know, getting through the mud of March or the middle of your season um, is really important because that that natural motivation that occurs at the beginning is not something that sticks around. And I don't care how disciplined you are. It can get pretty miserable if you're not planning to, you know, give yourself those little kicks in motivation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And what really comes to mind when you talk about um, like your motivation fizzling out is the very common occurrence of, oh, well, you know, I I messed up on this uh, goal already. So you know what, I'm just gonna like, call it quits for this week, and I'll start again next Monday. And typically, I think that's more around like the nutritional things of like cheat days or having snacks and that kind of stuff. Um, And I think every athlete can relate to that. But making sure that you also recognize that during the process, you're going to make mistakes. Like that's, that's life. It's going to happen, but it's about accepting the fact that they will happen and not giving up on yourself or just absolutely self-sabotaging and saying, well, I already messed up. So I'm just not going to bother trying anymore. Like, I feel like that's a very, very common occurrence amongst athletes as well too. Oh yeah. And that's like the perfectionist mindset coming in, right? Where Well, and essentially what you're saying is if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all, which I don't know. There's nothing perfect that exists in this world, especially when human beings are involved because we are incredibly imperfect. um, And that's a good thing. But being able to recognize that, um, you know, a slip up or a day where you're not following your pathway to that ideal level doesn't mean that it's a complete and total failure. It's just an adjustment that needs to be made or a signal of like, hey, maybe, maybe we need to scale this back a little bit because it's hard to maintain long-term. And I think about like people that start going to the gym uh, in January and for the first two weeks, they go every day of the week. And then, you know, third week, fourth week comes around and that starts to, you know, decrease a little bit maybe we go three days a week and then all of a sudden we're going twice a week and then we get really busy and now we're going once a week and before you know it like within a month or so we're not going at all Mm -hmm. and it's that same kind of mindset of like well you know what 
I, I didn't do it right the first time. So why would I try again? And the reality of goal setting is, is that it's going to take you a lot of trial and error to figure out what process works for you. Um, how often you need to check in with yourself, how often you need to refine your goals. It is very much a process. You're not going to get it right on the first time. If you did get it right on the first time, and that was a common occurrence, we would have a whole lot of goal getters in the world. <laughs> and the reality is, is oftentimes we see people not achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the all or nothing, right? Like yeah. just like you have perfectionism, it's the all or nothing thinking. And what, what was coming up in my mind when you're talking there is a, uh, there's this uh, like diagram that I saw on Instagram and it was kind of showing like a, a graph about growth. So it had a, a you know, horizontal axis here. And then you had a bar that went up really high and it was winning and the, the measure is growth. Right. And then you have mm -hmm. one that goes up about halfway of what you saw for winning and it said losing, but then you have one at the very end and it went completely uh, like down the axis, the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And it said not trying. And I think that's such a very like valuable graphic for people to like recognize, especially when it comes to, again, goals that you not, you can't necessarily impact or control 100% because yes, we're talking more about like setting individual goals, but a part of every new season also comes setting team goals. And part of that process is usually let's win, you know, 75% of our series against X amount of teams or, you know, trying to, to get those uh, goals and stats put together. But recognizing that even in a loss, there's still growth that's happening, right? And I think yeah. a lot of people tend to discount their losses because they, they don't, nobody wants to think about how they lost a game or anything like that. Like, of course not. Nobody wants to relive that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're going to see more opportunity for growth from those games than you will from a game where you've, you know, blown another team out of the water, like eight, nothing, for example. So mm -hmm. as good as it feels to win, it's also important to recognize that there's value in losing as well. Oh, absolutely. It's like the old saying that you learn way more from losing than you do winning. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so cheesy. I know. And it's the last thing that we all want to look at. But if we're truly serious about reaching our goals, you can't just take information from half of the equation. Mm -hmm. Like there's two parts of the equation. It's when you do well and when you don't. And you have to learn from the moments where you don't do well because if you don't, if you choose to ignore them, and it is a choice, like, of course, we have that natural aversion to look at those things that we don't excel in. So if we choose to not look at them, then we're leaving so many chips on the table in that equation that it's never going to change. So yeah, you might really get aware of what you do well, and you might learn how to do that continually. But if you're never improving on the things that you don't do well or the things that you don't naturally excel in, well, your growth is going to be stunted because you're only getting half of the information that you need. You're only improving in half of the equation. And eventually that's going to run out as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me think about 
some of the the athletes who I've worked with and they're like, oh, well, I don't want to play for this team because they're a really bad team. And that they're like the last, uh, the last team on, on the league every single year. Like, I don't want to play for such a bad team. But mm-hmm. honestly, I've, I've played for some of those teams, seen some of the biggest periods of growth in my career also, because yeah. you're forced to step out of your comfort zone. You are forced like to figure out how is it that we are going to put a freaking W on that board. And it, I don't know, it, it like tests you differently than if you're like playing for a, a really great team and okay, yeah, maybe you're winning games, but you could also not be getting a lot of ice time. You could also, you know, have other issues within that team, uh, team mm-hmm. dynamic as well. And yeah. I'm getting a little off topic, but I think it's also important for those people who maybe are playing for those teams who are at the bottom of the the roster in their league. You need to also try and find where it is that you can grow. Like you said, it's a choice. So yeah. you can choose to accept that your team's not that great and still give your 110% every single time that you show up to the ring, show up to practice and see how you can improve. Or you can just throw in the towel and go through the motions and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I don't think you're going off on a tangent at all. I, Cause I think you can draw parallels to that where like, if you're on a team, number one, it can mask your own goal setting because the team might be achieving. Right. And then we get to internalize that as like, well, this is personal growth and I'm doing really well. And I don't need to worry about anything because like we're winning, but what's your personal growth look like? And if you're an individual athlete, like it's always about that personal growth. So teams kind of mask that. And if you're on a really good team, it's easy to maybe not look at your own personal growth, especially if like, you know, you're in the lineup, you're playing, you're playing pretty well, like you're contributing in some way, shape or form can be easy to kind of coast. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you're on a team that's really, really struggling, that growth, you no longer have the outcomes to say like, oh, you know, I don't need to look at my own personal growth anymore, because the likelihood of your outcomes not being ideal when you're at the bottom of the standings is a little bit more likely. (laughs) So you start to look at like, okay, well, where is my growth taking place? What can I do to help contribute to a better outcome for the team? What can I do every day that's going to help push us and be a little bit better and that kind of thing. So not a tangent. (laughs) I'm glad that you brought that up and like talked about the other side of the spectrum, because it also just made me think of my final year in university. We won the Mm -hmm. team's first ever AUS championship. And don't get me wrong. Of course, I was pretty stoked about that. Like it was an amazing uh, way to end a five-year career at school. But when I look Mm -hmm. back, I also remember how miserable I was in that season because in preseason, I had had a really great run. I felt good. Mm -hmm. I was in probably like the best shape uh, that I've had in my university career for hockey. And then I ended up blowing out my knee and it ruined the rest of the season so like by the time that I was back on the ice I was in a backups position when I didn't want Mm -hmm. to be of course and it was like mentally challenging to put my personal goals and my like no like my personal feelings aside 
and try mm-hmm. to step into the role that I had to play for the team to be successful. Like that yeah. was a challenge. And I don't, I don't even think about that too often because the win of, you know, the championship title is what kind of masks everything else. Like it makes everything else kind of worth it to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, and I have a story like my senior year was the, like the opposite of that where um, we won like our regular season, but then after that we didn't win WCHAs and we made it to NCAAs and we lost in the semifinal. But that was like one of the most fulfilling years that I had ever had because of like the team culture and because I had finally like well and the year previous had like figured out my role figured out how I could show up and be my best every day figured out how I could push my teammates just by being myself and we never got the outcome that like at the beginning of the year you set for yourself every single time Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're gonna win we're gonna win it all we didn't get any of those accolades but when I look back on the year it's like my favorite year of my entire career because all the other stuff kind of fell into place and all those little tangible things that mark the process were there for me Mm -hmm. just the outcome wasn't yeah yeah I can get on board with that sign me up like I wish that that was my how my last year felt but yeah uh, well injury throws its own curveballs like injury is never fun it's not yeah Preaching to the choir, sister. Preaching to the choir. We could, we could talk. We could have a whole, you know what? We should have a whole episode on that injury. Mm-hmm. Our experiences with it, coming back from it. Because, boy, you can talk about that for hours. <laughs> sure could. Have lots to contribute there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But to jump back in, like talking more about, okay, like it's new season, of course, like that's why we're hosting this episode is because we want our listeners to be able to set themselves up for success as they step into this new season and make it one of their best, hopefully. But where mm-hmm. do you typically ask your athletes to start when it comes to looking at their own personal goal setting? Um, At the beginning of every year, I like to start with athletes taking a moment to reflect on what their overall goal is. What is the goal for your career? And it's like, we're starting at the highest macro level here. Like, where do you want your career to go? What do you want it to look like by the time you're done playing? Um, What do you want to feel like? What do you want to have, you know, accomplished? Whatever that may be. And then start to bring it back say okay so um what do you want to accomplish this season that you see as being a stepping stone to getting there and then once they have the season goal figured out um and at this point i'm fine with like some external stuff some of those uncontrollables coming into play then we start to break it down into the very specific controllable aspects that they can measure on a weekly and monthly basis. So for example, if you want by the end of your career um, to be known as an impactful player on the teams that you are a part of, now that could mean goals, time on ice, leadership roles, whatever that looks like for people. And then you set a goal for this season of 
I don't know. Yeah. There's the winning the championship thing, but then I have athletes who certainly set goals in terms of like how often they're playing. Um, if they're in an impact role, are they on special teams, that kind of stuff. Then it gets down into, okay, so what are the pieces of that that you can actually control? What's the skill development that needs to occur? What are the things that you're going to do to measure that skill development? How are you going to check in with those goals? And it takes this like big overarching conversation and outcome and takes it into um, very controllable action steps that give your brain direction. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do now. This is what we're focused on for this week. Here's how we're going to check in on it. And it makes holding yourself accountable that much easier because you're simply looking at, did I do this or did I not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm also the same way. Like I take it from a more overarching, broad type of goal, whether that is like, what is it we want to accomplish for this season? Or if like, if you really want to get like big about it, I know some younger athletes have a hard time. Like, where is it that I want to go with my whole career? Um, which is completely understandable, but definitely like, I don't know, I'm 10. (laughs) Usually it's (laughs) like Olympic level professional, I think is like the standard response. I know that was my response. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but anyway, yeah, like, like you said, like it's going from macro and slowly reducing to the micro pieces of that. And the tracking and the check-ins are very underrated because it's so easy to get caught up in the excitement of setting these goals for yourself because you're sitting here like thinking and visualizing about how you're going to win a title or how you're going to be the number one goal scorer or whatever that might be for you. And then you completely, completely don't think about, okay, how am I actually going to see if I'm staying on track? So like the importance of setting milestones for yourself is so important because how am I supposed to know that I'm actually on the right track? I could mm-hmm. just be digging myself a deeper hole and not going where I need to go instead of, you know, like I said, taking the time to set those milestones. So, you know, okay, I've just achieved this thing, knock that down and, and write that as a victory. And so, you know, that what you're doing is making progress towards that big goal that you set for yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and being willing to adopt a growth mindset about it and being willing to like check that self-judgment at the door when you're holding yourself accountable. The whole point of holding yourself accountable isn't to see if you've been successful or if you've been a failure. It's literally to find information that's going to help you move forward. That's it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you achieved your weekly goal or your monthly goal doesn't really matter. It's the information that you gain from the process of going through it that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, like they set these goals and they're really excited about them. And then they like put them in a drawer and forget about them because I'm like, well, if I set that goal and I pay attention to it and, and I don't get it. Oh, that's scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brain's like, nope, don't want to face that reality. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, if you set it and forget it, the likelihood of you getting there, pretty slim. Very, very (laughs) slim. Like I think of, I think of my own career and up until 
my time in junior, I had no direction. I knew yeah. that I had a, a level that I wanted to get to. No fucking clue how I was going to get there. Didn't even think about it either because I was a kid. Didn't have anybody suggesting, hey, like, you know, maybe you should be trying to do like this, this, or this. No, I, I just, like, what is it that Michael Scott says? I, I start a sentence and I just hope that I, I find myself along the way. Like, that was me when, when I was playing. <laughs> when I was younger like I was going out having fun playing and just praying to God that I found the right place to get to go to yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like that sentence accurately describes me right now and my brain fog I start a sentence and I hope that I go somewhere intelligent <laughs> from a more objective perspective I can assure you that you're doing a good <laughs> job so Oh man. But um what else? I'm trying to think. I feel like we've done a pretty good job summarizing. We've talked about the pitfalls. We've talked about where people struggle. We've talked about how to combat that. Shared a little bit of our own experience. Um oh, the one thing that I was going to say that um when you were talking it kind of reminded me of this where you like you're just hoping to God that you figure out where you want to go and how you're going to get there. I was like actively waiting for other people to tell me where I wanted to go and what I needed to do to get there. <laughs> and that's also not helpful because that is out of your control. It's completely external to you. And if it's coming from somebody else, it's probably not in alignment with your values and what you find to be important. Mm -hmm. If it is, then lucky you, that's great but um, that's not how it works out all the time. So if you haven't yet, taking the time to really evaluate what is important to you, um, where you want to go and why you want to go there, why it's important to you is really a crucial step of the process that we need to start becoming aware of because it is like the compass that we use. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that gives you a direction and helps you plan the weeks ahead and the months ahead that hopefully get you to that big overarching thing yeah and and actually what I was going to say at one point was um talking about like the importance of the the most micro aspects of this because okay we don't want you to get like so lost in the details that you're like anxious and stressed out or anything like that but mm -hmm. I do think that it's important to pay attention to those micro details to see what's working and what's not working, because that's where you're ultimately going to be able to make those tweaks to inch towards achieving that goal to finding what whatever success is to you in this uh, in this realm, because mm -hmm. I think the reason that I, I talk about this is because lately I find everybody is. This is like the morning routine that you should have. The morning routine routine you didn't know that was going to be perfect for you. Or uh, like it's like such like clickbait. And I hate it, but at the same time, I also understand the importance of like having solid routines because it does mentally prep you for one the rest of the day. But the mm -hmm. same can also be said for when you're stepping into practice or stepping into a game, like knowing how it is that you want to be feeling before you go out there and like that can make or break your performance, right? Like mm -hmm. if you don't know one, like 
how you need to feel, you're never going to be able to intentionally get into that state. But when you do know, you can show up to the rink and you can recognize whether you are or are not or are not ready for that practice or game. And you can have yeah. a strategy in place to help you get prepared the way you need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean about like the micro details are so important. Yeah. And you have to figure out what works for you. Like the, the issue that I have with those like videos, like, oh, you need to do this. And if you do this, you're going to have so much more productivity. You're going to feel so much more energetic throughout the day. It's like people are prescribing something that works for them. And that's great. It works for them. And I'm super happy for them. But that doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. It doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. Um, I, it took me, oh my God, like over a year to figure out what a good morning routine looks like for myself before I start working, like before I sit down and start working with clients or do something like this. And let me tell you, it none of my routine <laughs> includes like some instagram approved piece of meditation or whatever it's like me going through my own thing like i make my bed every morning i do the same like self-care routine in terms of like i get up i wash my face with cold water kind of thing part of my routine is feeding my dog and taking my dog for a walk and just using that as almost like a walking meditation and then taking time to like sit with breakfast and drink a coffee. But before understanding what I needed, like what I specifically needed, it was like, well, what do other people do? What works for other people? And then me rushing through my breakfast or rushing through trying to take my dog out. And that just made me feel anxious. <laughs> so it truly is about like figuring out what works for you. Um, and moving forward with that and trusting that you know yourself best. Yeah. And I think my routine has changed so much from like being an athlete till now, mm -hmm. like completely different type of routine in the morning when I was still playing compared to what it is now that I'm not. And especially with like the lifestyle that we have of constantly moving like every year it's yeah. definitely a struggle and like there's so many things that are outside of my control that I really need to focus on okay like what is it that I can actually control every single morning that's going to help me get into like a good headspace for the rest of the day and yeah you know, I wake up at the same time usually every morning the same time and then I again, like take my dog out. I feed, feed Charlie. And I read for at least 30 minutes in the morning of whatever I just feel like reading that day. And mm -hmm. usually pair that with a cup of coffee and I don't eat until later on in the day, but then I'm like, I feel more refreshed because I'm just like enjoying my morning. Like I actually enjoy the mornings now and like taking Charlie for like a nice long walk and the fresh air outside is like a great way to wake up in the morning for me. But as an athlete, yeah. it was completely different. <laughs> I had no self-awareness yeah. whatsoever at that time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all about the shit that you have to get done in the day when you're. Especially yeah, in university. Is... Oh, yeah. 
Yep. And there's a lot more of the balance between like what you have to get done and what you want to do. Right. Cause like part of your schedule is made for you with classes and all that other stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just part of the game. It's part of how it goes. And if you want to do it, you got to find a way to work around it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, maybe in terms of like any sort of tools, I know we've given like a very like broad overview of like goal setting, like what's the best mm-hmm. way to go about it. Um, but I think a great tool to pair with your goal setting, especially when you're looking at, you know, like your, your entire career pathway and also for the season is visualization and like really mm-hmm. getting into like how it's going to feel when you actually achieve that goal and making it feel like it's already happened to you. I think that's, um, yeah, it's a great way to help you sustain that motivation and not just, you know, hope that it will stay with you um, after you've set those goals. Because like you said, you set it here and starts to go right down this way. So, yeah. Yeah. I also think it's, it's helpful to write things down too. Like if you, if you have an idea or if you can visualize what that be all end all goal looks like, write it down and then write down the process goals that lead up to it. If you can write them down every week, what is it that you're focusing on? What are three things that you can do in practice that should help you develop that skill or hit that mile marker? Start writing it down because it's another way of holding yourself accountable. It's another way to make sure that you check in on your goals. Um, And when we visualize something, vocalize it and write it down, now you have it in three different modes of communication And that just makes it stick a little bit more in your brain and will help your brain naturally focus on those things. Um, So yeah, start writing things down. And like actually physically writing them down. So all you uh, Gen Zers out there, not typing it in your phone. uh, I wish that I could say that that would be helpful. Like maybe if you're trying to remember things would be great. But in terms of Mm -hmm. actually setting goals, uh, the science shows that writing them down, you're actually like, I think it was like 80% more likely to achieve them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're someone who needs reminding to do things, like if you need reminding to check in on them after practice, set a reminder in your phone for after practice, check in on your goals, set an alarm. Like it's, you have to figure out what you need to do. And there's no shame in setting a reminder on your phone to do it. We all have a lot going on. We get it, but like, you got to plan for this kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a great point to make, like planning for those things because Mm -hmm. life gets busy. Like technology is such a huge asset to everybody. You have no excuse not to be checking in. You can't say, oh, I forgot anymore. Like you have a phone, put a reminder Mm -hmm. in, schedule the reminder. Like, yeah, it's really simple. You can also like hit the repeat button. So every single day at this time, it goes off. Like there's technology is great. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Woo! Episode two of season. Which season? Well, I still, I still have it set to season two because, uh, I've just been going like calendar years, but if we're going by like season seasons, then I think it's season three. Dang. Look at that. We've outlasted a bunch of TV shows at this point. Good for us. (laughs) (laughs) 
now I just need to get more consistent mm. on uh, keeping everything well informed on social media but no excuses I'm just not following through so hold me accountable and I'll work on getting better at that <laughs> oh gosh uh, well we'll get there one of these days <laughs> slowly but surely we are starting to figure this out a little bit I think it's been almost two years so you'd think so yeah. anyway you think so but on this note, I suppose, thank you everybody for tuning in to yet another episode and we are on time this week, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so if you found this episode to be of value, please go ahead and share it on social media, share it with a friend, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening, listening to this. And if you feel so gracious to leave us a kind five-star rating and review that's going to help us reach more people just like yourselves and we will see you next week bye everyone